0: ghetto you're like you know a professional started, in industry started, like how do you go to conferences are you, are you do, started
1: cracking so early on i mean it started cracking like maybe a year into it i think some there was a little teeny imperfection or something and it got caught yeah and then just it just from there it's been. well those
0: things they were they were prone to do that i think uh yeah from early good. on
1: anyway i want to hear about right. uh
0: i want to hear about uh Stephen pressfield can we talk about that real quick
1: no you just have to read it
0: no 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 i want you to tell me why it's important <sighs>
1: Why do you want me to tell you what it's because like? Because I right, so don't this, read. There's this post from Stephen Pressfield. Do you know who Steven Pressfield is, Dane?
0: No. Okay. He wrote- oh, He's awesome.
1: He's an amazing writer. He wrote like The Legend of Bagger Vance, but he's also, okay. he also writes quite a bit about, he wrote this great book called The War of Art. Um, that Seth Godin picked up and, you know, comprises a very large portion of Linchpin, his his big his big book. Yeah. Um, so it's all about how there's this thing and the phenomenon in the world called the resistance. So anytime you're trying to do something, the resistance shows up and tries to convince you not to do it and gives you excuses why you shouldn't do it. So he's basically talking about, you know, the war of art is about doing the work. So he wrote this great post called Resistance and Addiction just yesterday and it was it's just so good because it's talking about you can be addicted to a lot of different things. It's not just alcohol or drugs. Of course, that's part of it. Um, and then I'm just going to read you this one paragraph because I think this kind of leads into it. It says, the pre-addictive individual experiences a calling to art, to service, to honorable sacrifice. In other words, positive aspiration, a dream, a vision of the higher self he or she might be. The intimation of this calling is followed immediately, as we know, by the apparition of resistance. The dragon rears its head, fear, self-doubt, self-sabotage um uh what makes this moment so so precarious is that most of us are unconscious in the event both of our aspirations and of our resistance we're asleep we know only that we feel bad something's wrong we're restless we're bored we're angry we're seeking something grand but don't know where to look and even if we did we're so terrified and so paralyzed we can't take a step and then it talks about how addicts are boring. They basically, they're, they're fascinating because they tend to be pretty talented, but they're boring because they do the same thing over and over and they don't do the work. So that's what the post is all about. And it's just a really, I don't know. It's just kind of stuck with me since I read it yesterday. That,
0: so, you know, he, he, he is totally uh, stuck with me too, because uh, I read, I read Lynchpin first. Right, I did too, and and uh, you know, it was as a result of Lynchpin in the uh, you know, as as much as I'd heard that he'd picked that that uh, Godin had picked up from Pressfield, mm-hmm. um, the, the, as this spiritual predecessor of that book, I thought, mm-hmm. well, I, you know, and 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 War of Art is not a long no. book. I mean, it's a little; it's like it's almost a pamphlet. It's a it's a booklet, so
1: hundred pages. Yeah, yeah, yeah,
0: it's nothing. It's but but it's more like you know what it feels like to me. It feels like my drunk uncle. Who I, who's not, I don't really have a drunk uncle, but if I did have a drunk uncle who only spoke the truth, right? right. And I feel like I sit down, you know, this vision, sitting down on the ottoman in a dark, smoky room, and my drunk uncle, he's got a scotch in one hand and a cigarette in the other, and he says, you know why you can't get any work done? And I say, why? And he says, because you're a dick. Stop <laughs> being a dick you get up in the morning, don't be a dick and do your work. And that's what it was. It was like that. I wrote a hundred pages of my drunk uncle, Stephen Pressfield yelling at me about why I can't get my work done. And I, you know, it was so motivating. Like I found myself yeah. so motivated to get up and actually do something.
1: Yeah. It's really, it was really... G-
0: great. Dane, you should read that book.
1: It's a great book. I should read oh, it
0: again. Oh, I, yeah, I'm a, Glutton for punishment. It is. It's like it just kick sand right in my face, hard.
2: <laughs> Mas- masochistic reading
0: experience. It is a masochist, but it's so good. And uh, you know, good. So good. you know, there was this quote. You know, with the 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 uh, the I don't know if you heard. Uh, uh, Steve Jobs uh, passed away. I and there was a that. great the, uh, great quote uh, that I had forgotten that I just heard uh, listening to an, another show uh, this morning, and and it was uh, that the the new CEO of Nike called Steve Jobs and said, "Do you have any advice for me?" And uh, Steve Jobs says, uh, oh, "Nike makes some really beautiful stuff, and a lot of crap. <gasps> you should stop making the crap." <laughs> I just think that's it's just, true. you know, I mean, uh, that is uh, that's pretty powerful stuff. Stop that's making, funny. stop making the crap.
2: That, that, that kind of sounds like some of his uh, email responses that you. That sort of trickle up through the news you know where somebody finally got a response to steve job from steve jobs and it tends to be i I don't know what it was like to be around the guy but you kind of get you know you kind of get a picture from a lot of the things that have been coming out lately um and and of course i don't know other anecdotal things you hear but just seems like he uh just cut to the chase pretty much and and wasn't trying to sugarcoat anything
0: hard uh have you have you uh have either of you guys interested in the book yeah you know, super Isaacson I, oh
1: steve the yeah.
2: book on sunsets yeah. i, I, I was, yeah i i'm trying to figure out should i get it for the ipad or uh just get a regular old book that weighs a little bit less or should i get the audio book cuz Mm. I tend to read audiobooks more than I read real books.
1: <laughs> you read audiobooks?
2: I, I get through them, is what I mean to say. That's I how finish. we just
0: that's how we justify not being able to read. <laughs> just that's by right. using audiobooks. the word read with audiobooks.
2: Yeah. Feels like I read it. It is
0: reading. You are digesting the content. 6 uh,
2: months later, I can't tell you whether I read it or listened to it.
0: I uh, I oh, bought it uh, on iBooks uh, for the iPad and uh, just, you know, I like Kindle, but I you know, the format's fine, but it I find the reading experience a little bit nicer on on iBooks. And uh, it came in a couple hours before midnight on the 23rd uh, of and I started started reading it and it's uh, man, you know, I more than anything else what's so great about it is it's a it's a warts and all book i mean he is uh, isaacson pulls no punches in the people mm-hmm. he interviewed to talk about just what a colossal a-hole steve jobs could be and, really? and uh and that's what i you know and i'm not i'm probably halfway through it but what i like so much about it is is i think i think a lot of people who are you know we we had been through kind of the morning period, uh, you know. There was the week mm-hmm. of where we realized we just lost our Ben Franklin, you know, kind of a thing. Mm-hmm. And now we're like, okay, you know, he was he was a jerk, and and you know, to work for. And he was, and and the people who were most impacted by that. Uh, are the people who created some of the best products, right? Uh, you know these like they were motivated by him pushing so hard and so that's right. fine but but what I really think the the most powerful lesson is is the power of kind of um, of of one person being able to live through all those faults and kind of evolve through it to actually be a showcase of this sort of new person right i mean when he died when he sort of i feel like that last the last year of his life was about showcasing all the lessons learned and that you know everybody is driven by demons and and how can you actually kind of learn to live with those demons and and do some good mm-hmm. um and and teach and you know he was a kind of the archetype of a teacher in the end and uh, you know i found that very powerful and it's the book really i think really a showcases that he that. was
1: yeah i I'm now you've now you've got me interested in reading it, and I think he um what was I just going to say? I completely lost my train of thought um oh, I was just gonna say I can't imagine how much perseverance and i mean granted he has more money than God, so he had every available resource, but pancreatic cancer you don't typically live how long did he live with pancreatic cancer seven years yeah I mean, it's usually like you're lucky to live. One year or six months. I mean, that is a nasty, nasty cancer. Well, and the so tragedy even just that is. I,
0: I think the the tragedy, sort of the bittersweet part of it, is that you know when he first found out he had it, he went all holistic and and really refused the advice uh, advice of his doctors mm-hmm. and his family to go get the surgery, go get it done. He had uh, he had you know more than a year notice. Uh, apparently of <clears throat> the fact that this was going to need to be done. And he chose not to, he was, he went on a, uh, you know, a completely holistic um, uh, treatment regimen. And finally his doctor said, you're, this is it. You, you get this or, or, you know, you've, you've got, uh, days, not months kind of a mm-hmm. thing. And so he went and got the, got the treatment. and was really very ill. And that's one of the things that, that is kind of coming out to me is that these last couple of years, he, he was very ill yeah. and and you know he would get up on stage and do these do these keynotes and
1: that doesn't make you less of a jerk either that's for sure w- what do you mean when you're sick it's yeah. very hard to keep it together and yeah, right? um, be civil and i mean i get a cold and i can barely be civil to my family so i can't exactly. imagine well, it, it, being it, 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 in pain and suffering all the time i mean
2: and he was always an impatient person but i'm sure that that you know that character quality was amplified in the last couple of years um and he thought i'm sure for good but you know this sort of impatience um i mean i read other things about how he just had sort of let go of um you know trying to i don't know i mean life wasn't sort of limitless or infinite he knew that there was an end coming and and it gave him a little more courage or a little a little less um trepidation i guess whether or not he ever had trepidation but i think also just his level of impatience i'm sure grew quite a bit which mm-hmm. probably is reflected in some of the quotes or conversations you hear you know him having had in the last few years yeah,
1: yeah.
2: um but since we're on the topic of steve jobs can i say something
1: absolutely Dan. of course dane <laughs> Dan, you could say whatever you want. Please. Thanks. At any really? time.
2: Say it, dang. It's crazy. This is America. What's, on your,
0: what's on your chest? <laughs>
2: it's great being in. I could probably do it in Canada, too. But anyway, it's fun to say, America. <laughs> um, no, I was just going to say, you know, I was really, like, just thinking and mulling over, like, what is this connection? I knew, I knew that I appreciated Steve Jobs and really, you know, uh, thought he was fascinating and have read an autobiography before or uh, unofficial, whatever. What's that called? It's not autobiography. Biography, right?
0: It'd be just a biography.
2: <laughs> Thanks. I struggle with word usage. Um, anyway, What's the so opposite? Of what?
1: <laughs> biography.
2: Of struggle? No. Yeah, what is the opposite? Um, anyway, <laughs> that's one that'll keep you thinking. Um, here's my thought, guys. You make it hard for a distractible person to really finish a sentence. Um, that's,
0: that's the truth.
2: <laughs> so what's the connection i mean he's sort of all of a sudden you know a rock star I, I i didn't expect it i expected people to you know hey apple's been you know great and you know but you know you get these quotes like he's, s you know one of the greatest business leaders ever or one of the greatest um i don't know whatever inventors or technologists or you know whatever but but what i think it's sort of you know and i hear it coming out too but It's really, I think, at its core, people having an emotional response to Steve Jobs dying, I think, has everything to do with him as an artist and a designer, and the connection that people have to their device that feels somehow real. Or I don't know if emotional is the word, but but there's a connection to a device that that goes beyond that's just a product or a piece of technology. It has an element to it that the device itself almost has a soul because of the design, you know, qualities. And
1: because you depend on it so fully on a daily basis.
2: But I think it's not so much that, you know, I mean, <laughs> people depend on their cars, but don't, you know, cry when, you know, a car maker dies or whatever, or even oh. when the car company folds. It, it, it's really like this man somehow there was a the connection you feel to your your ipad or whatever your iphone i don't know was the connection you felt to steve jobs in a way and and i think it i I really think there's something about that that created a response i wouldn't have expected with him passing i think it's steve jobs the artist that that i agree it like a rock star died you know what i mean
0: well, you know, did you guys uh, did you happen to are you are you Daily Show fans? Do you watch any of the Daily Show?
1: I wish I could watch it. So I love the Daily Show.
0: It's uh the the episode uh, excuse me not last night but the night before was uh, Walter Isaacson was actually on the on the show and and um you know, they're they're talking and and they're talking actually about the the um the difference between Steve Jobs and Bill Gates, and one of the things Isaacson was pointing out was that these guys were actually very close in their time. They were they were much closer than we kind of uh, than we think. And in in so many respects, I mean, they were both born the same year. They grew up sort of together, uh, in and and their business their businesses grew in parallel. But they were almost two halves of the same brain, right? It was that left brain right brain approach to developing a technology organization and developing these these tools. And uh, in the end, Isaacson himself said, you know, I mean, in the end, Bill Gates made the Zune and Steve Jobs made the iPod. Uh, And, uh, you know, there's Jon Stewart saying, I think that's probably the best eulogy one could ever make for this guy. (laughs) Uh, You know, it's a very different approach. And I don't, I don't imagine as much as you look at how much Bill Gates has changed the world mm-hmm. in largely the same way. I mean, the way he got MS-DOS at IBM and the way he got – I mean, these the shenanigans, the, the political shenanigans and the ethical question, – uh, questionable ethical tactics that both of these guys used in their youth uh, allowed them to build the tools and leverage the tools that have created the world we live in today. And um and, and that's kind of a magical place, but the approach is so analytical and that, that we don't have that emotional connection to those devices, I don't think, that we do for those who have made the choice to use Apple products. He that he was
2: actually very had
1: profound. a found yeah, I, yeah, I probably
0: that was it, right? You guys, I turned you right off. <laughs> that was off. it. Let's let's that stop recording
1: we just now because <laughs> that was that done. Oh, that it. I don't get it to say my
2: thought.
0: <laughs> All right, say your thought. <laughs> Knowing no. that it pales in comparison to the no,
2: oh, you guys,
0: uh, go ahead because I have I'm one just more. i gonna thought. kick my sand. I want you
2: um, to <laughs> <laughs> kick him my feet in the dirt. Um, no, I was just gonna say that he, I read a quote from him from about I, 10 years ago or so. I don't know, maybe it was when the original sort of iMac came out and he was, you know, back to the company as a interim CEO. Um, but he had he really sort of waxed poetic about the design process and how he thought s- people just didn't get what it meant that they saw that he thought most people think of design as the veneer, the color, the shape, or whatever. But he saw it as the he did say the soul of the product that he said our you know our language doesn't really have words to really capture what what design can be. Um, to sort of um what's the word transcend you know a, a, a product beyond you know a box with uh with a black color or whatever and and he was trying to describe this whole concept of of really of the product having a soul that, that you then have an ability to connect to it and i just think he accomplished that so
0: i heard uh, there's another story i haven't actually read yet but i hear is later in the book um of well, one of the stories he says early on is the story of his dad uh, talking about, you know, as, he, as they're building a fence together. And his dad says, you know, you got to spend every bit as much time on the back of the fence uh, as you do on the front of the fence because that shows you really care about, about you know, the, the entire package and perfection of the product, right, of the mm-hmm. finished product. And so l- later, you know, as somebody brings him the first iPod prototype to look at or one of the early prototypes, you know, Jobs' response is it's too big. He says it's, it's it's not too big. I mean, we can't make it any smaller. It's a it's a perfect little package. He says no, it's too big. He says it's not too big. So he walks over to a fish tank and he drops it in the fish tank, and air bubbles come out of it. And he says there's still air in there. There's room to make it smaller. And that was the end of the discussion.
1: <laughs>
0: Which I, you know that's kind of a to me that that's one of those things that just sort of stood out. I mean, there's a guy who lived the you know lived the essence of insanely great. I mean, do whatever it takes to make the 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 best product that you possibly can the the uh, you know and I know we're, we're kind of laboring this and as people have been talking about Steve Jobs for way too long any, anyway but uh, if you haven't had a chance to go watch the um, the uh, the event the Apple event where they closed all the uh, this is fascinating Did you hear about this they closed all the retail stores mm-hmm. for a couple of hours mm-hmm. on the 19th and and had this great big thing Have you watched any of it Mm-mm. no it was it was Terrific. Um, uh, Tim Cook obviously spoke. A couple of other uh, executives, early board member Al Gore, and then Johnny Ive um, all spoke uh, for about twenty minutes each and and uh, shared their thoughts. And then uh, they had Nora Jones and Coldplay. They flew Coldplay in to uh, to play four songs and uh, and close out the the session. And they posted it all uh, live. And it was just um, you know it was a really beautiful celebration of kind of what they. They kind of fell to this guy, but you could kind of hear in their in the voices of the executives that you know, no, the the company culture isn't going to change, but man, are we excited to do some things uh, a little bit differently and to think about mm. how we approach these products kind of a, a little bit differently and and mm. to to really not walk around every day and think what would Steve do. But to walk around every day and say, how would we make these products insanely great? And that was kind of a neat thing to, to watch, to mm-hmm. watch them process collectively so publicly. Uh, it's one of those well, things I think he, a lot of organizations could
2: learn. He certainly wasn't the only uh, genius at Apple.
0: Well, and not even just at Apple. Have you guys ever, ever seen the Pixar story? Mm-mm. There's a you can stream it on Netflix and it's a because
1: f- he started Pixar right?
0: No, uh, he Oops. did not. This is a it's a fantastic story, right? Pixar was actually a it started as a as a software and hardware division of at Lucas um, Lucasfilm, mm-hmm. and they were trying they had made these uh, this software rendering engine called RenderMan, and that was used in the early um, you know CG. Um, you know early cg films and um lucas was trying to build a hardware software platform that they could sell in in the production industry to make You know, to do computer graphics, and this guy uh, from who had been an animator at Disney and let go because they didn't know what to do with a guy who all he wanted to do was computer graphics at the time. John Lasseter met Ed Catmull, who was a PhD, um, you know, computer scientist,
2: University of U graduate. Yeah, yeah. Uh,
0: And so they he met him at a conference after after Lasseter had been laid off, and and Lasseter's an animator, and. Catmull says, you know, I'm head of this division that uh, you know, all we we're we know animation, but we we aren't artists. Like we know how to do the computer side, but we don't have anybody to lead the art. So they hired Lasseter and George Lucas after a couple of years said, you know, what? We're just wasting money on this thing. We have no uh we have no direction and we're not selling this stuff, and I'm not interested if we're going to do this. If you are going to really make something of it, you got to find somebody to invest 30-40 million. And uh, I don't have it. And so Lucas agreed to spin it off to uh, you know Steve Jobs as primary investor, hmm. and that's how Pixar was born because Steve really met John Lasseter as a guy who was a kindred spirit, and you can really feel that, that, that if there's anybody – I mean, there are guys in this circle – that have the exact same level of attention to creative detail and passion for perfection. And John Lasseter is one of them. I mean, that guy, he looks like a cartoon character himself, but you can tell that dude's driven by demons, too. And <laughs> um, and and to see what he did with Pixar over the course of hit after hit after hit and finding the right people. To take over after he stopped directing the pictures and and you know really was building the studio, it is an amazing um, story to watch and I think it's sort of it, it's overshadowed and Steve's role is kind of overshadowed by all the Apple discussion that Pixar uh, is is another incredible success story.
2: Did um, you guys ever read the Poe Bronson book uh, Nudist Working the Late Shift?
0: No. Mm-mm.
2: There's a little story in there about that that's the so the title story. It's a collection of short stories about the Silicon Valley during its, you know, boom period heyday uh the late nineties. And there was a guy at Pixar who um really just could only work naked. So they made (laughs) arrangements for him to work the late shift, to work sort of graveyard. He'd be in there by himself naked. And most, oh. and the people who sort of needed That's to know hysterical. knew, but not everyone knew. And I guess like a janitor caught one time was like, What the heck? That's but, uh, awesome. That
1: would so, totally be you, Dane.
2: <laughs> I, well, I need no permission. I'm in my office yeah, here. Yeah, you're in your
1: own little office. And, you know, just wait till you go to Google Hangout and you can't be naked. Can then. you
0: imagine having <laughs> that conversation with your supervisor? I, I just have to tell you something. I, I, can, <laughs> I do my well, best. It's, to it's make a little it. idiosyncrasy. <laughs>
1: <laughs> just a small, just a small just a, it's
0: a, just a small one
1: i need the uh, accommodation that's crazy.
0: That's good but stuff. they gave
2: him the accommodation that's fantastic
1: so anyway,
0: they gave yeah. him the account he's a special needs case nice
1: yeah definitely <laughs> so it's an
0: ada requirement that's of right. some sort well may I,
1: may I change the subject yeah because I, I honestly were have talk about google? Dane. i am going to talk about google i love this so i have a question for you dane yeah ma'am I was looking at my Google Analytics the other day, and there is, when I was looking at traffic sources, I think that's what I was looking at, there was this little parenthetical thing that said something that I'm going to screw up right now. It's called something to the effect of not, what's it called, Peter? Not performed or something like that. It's this weird little thing, so I figured when I Googled what the heck that was, it as you probably know, and I did not, um, it turns out that Google, via Google Analytics, is not tracking... Oh, it was keywords. I don't Go- know what it was. Google is not tracking logged in users via analytics. So if you're logged into Google and you're doing searches, you're not... Google is no longer tracking those searches um, organically in your analytics. So well, I I think, that, thinking, I think that's kind of a bummer and i wanted to know what your take on that was.
2: that's uh it said not set is that right
1: not set maybe that's what it was does
2: that sound familiar i should
1: really get my facts straight before i bring a question to you i had them straight but that was like last week
2: yeah i don't know um <laughs> i don't know if i have an opinion about that i mean from an analytics standpoint you want to know i mean the the data for you is anonymous you you can't really there are things that that you used to be able to do which would include um finding uh like IP addresses or um or 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 sort of root domain um sources. So you could sort of pinpoint, you know, how many people from this company are searching for you or, or landing on your website. Be um, right. yeah, a really interesting thing to know. But they they firewalled that and you you can't do that. So there have always been these little things that they could do but they don't do to keep a certain level of anonymity. Um, the idea that if you're logged in as a Google user, uh, I, I can't.
0: Well, wait a, find a minute. Is it? I mean, is it saying obsessed. is it saying that you as a you as a logged in user of Analytics of that account are not being tracked? So, like, no. why would it want to track your Megan's search results? Like, that's it's, the way it usually works. Like, if you have an Analytics or you have some sort of tracking, you don't want to track administrative users because that would inflate. No, no, no. Responses. It's just like
1: any logged in Google user. It's called not provided. And it's when you look at traffic sources and under the organic section and you're looking at keywords. It's like, you know, here's my top six keywords. And then number seven is not provided, parenthetically. And when I looked that up, what they said was any logged in Google user, they were stopping tracking their keyword searches, which makes very little sense to me.
2: Um, You know, I... I see not set showing up. I have really not encountered not provided as anything in a top ten that was of any concern. Um, Maybe but I just you have would...
1: really weird websites. <laughs>
0: sure. wait a so you wait a minute. So you stopped. went under traffic sources under keywords. I'm going there now. I'm trying. To
1: traffic sources, there. sources organic. And by the way, I need some sort of analytics. Like I need a brain shift because this new interface is kind of making me a little bit.
0: Oh, you're I'm on the new version. See, yeah, I got to change that. I'm using the old version. That well, I need me to. A bit crazy.
1: It makes well. It makes me a little. I I just need to take the time to kind of learn it a little bit better. Okay. I'm sure they have wonderful videos. I just haven't. Traffic just haven't sources.
0: All traffic.
2: See, I'm I'm search. not logging in to check this out because oh, I've gosh. still got the CPU thing going on.
1: I'm not doing it.
0: Okay, so I'm under there and where does it say not provided?
1: Well, what are you looking at?
0: Well, I'm not, are you looking
1: at my account? No.
0: Okay. I'm looking at a different I'm one.
1: traffic sources, sources, and then under search, organic. Organic.
0: Okay. And where my, my
1: number 7 says not provided. Okay. Do you see any of yours that say and what no. I what I read was somewhere within the top 10 there'll be something that says not provided. Oh, I found one? a
0: not provided. It's number 26.
1: Oh, there you go. Yeah. And so maybe I just have weird sites.
0: Yeah.
2: Cause it, I haven't, again, I haven't really come across this or been concerned about it or even really been aware of it because it never shows up hmm. in a, in a position of any of the sites that I'm, you know, uh, tracking to, to really matter. I get, you know, not set, which is generally that um, paid. Yeah. Um p- yeah, paid that isn't tracking, or or the other thing though that happens is people uh, choose to like if you're in Safari, you can choose uh, private,
1: mm.
2: and then it won't be tracking. Uh, and more and more people prefer to to be anonymous that way. But that's the one. So if you've set privacy on your browser, um, that's the one that I've known affects um, analytics. I didn't <sighs> know being a Google user affected you know, your analytics results. And again, but you have to
1: be signed into your Google account.
2: Yeah, but most people are right. I mean, I, I think if you're using Google, uh, I don't know. No, October, no, no, no. It's like,
1: it's not tracking the people that are logged in. It's not that you're logged in. It's not, it's not that I as an administrator, am logged into no, analytics. I it's like, if I'm Megan strand searching around on the internet and I happen to be logged into my Google account, like on Google plus or whatever, it's not tracking my stuff. Um, well, let's see. Know. Google will be redirecting sign in users to google.com thus encrypting the search results page H-
0: https://google.com instead of http oh, They're putting it over an ssl secure if you're logged in you're going to be under SS- you're going to be ssl secured by default
1: yeah, interesting. And that's
0: that. That's so you know you can't be sniffed at a, if you're in a public Wi-Fi. You, your search hmm. would be secure. Um, it encrypts all your queries.
1: It just seems a little ironic since the Google yeah. Analytics is such a. I mean, it's a Google product, and it's used so widely I, I, well yeah and I sort of feel like okay are you now rolling out the paid version of analytics so they'll unreveal you know no
0: this is definitely this version. is a bigger deal this is not uh, this is not gaming this is ju- this is a security move and I like this so uh, when you search from HTTPS colon slash slash google.com websites you visit from our organic search listings will still know that you came from Google but will not receive information about each individual query they can still receive an aggregated list of the top 1000 search queries that drove traffic to the Site for each of the past 30 days through Google Webmaster Tools. This information helps webmasters keep more accurate statistics about their user traffic. If you choose to click on an ad appearing on our search results page, your browser will continue to send the relevant query over the network to enable advertisers to measure the effectiveness of their campaigns and to improve the ads and offers they present to you. As we continue to add more support for SSL services across our or SSL across our products and services, we hope to see similar action from other websites. Um, So really, they're just trying to make it so that you as a publisher can't see me as a logged in user that I actually uh, visited your site because I searched for something specific so that you can't tie my keyword search to your site to me personally.
1: Yeah, but then it doesn't give you any keyword, does it? I mean, it's,
0: not in it, no, but not in analytics. But you can still in Webmaster Tools, you can still go in and and see all of the keyword data from that okay. not provided. You just can't. Okay, it's just
1: a source thing then. Okay. It's exactly
0: so you just you know I think what that tells you and Dane, check me on this, right? What that tells you is you're having more interactivity from people who are logged in users of. Google products. And Mm -hmm. that's actually a good thing because that tells you that, you know, wow, my users will likely be what they'll likely be more engaged in technology because they're aware of when they are logged in or not likely they might be more likely to be on Google plus as that network continues to grow and more likely to see relevant content in search results. Uh, you know, related to Google plus like author information. So we might want to be more rigorous about, you know, tying our authors into, you know, the new Google plus, um, you know, author information protocol. Yeah. So like there's a well, you're learning stuff. By, right. Yeah. yeah by looking at those you analytics. can get
2: caught. You, you can get caught in saying, well, these, only these three analytic measurements are, those are the, these are only three I care about. And the only three I'm going to look at week after week and, you know, which it's always good to have sort of a measure that you think is, you know, a, a key performance indicator or, or something that you want to focus on and you can track it. So you can see if there are changes. That's good. But you can, I think, also get caught in in let's say keyword searches are, you know, sort of the number one thing you're looking at, and now you're not getting a certain percentage of that data anymore. And so you think something's broken, but yeah, Pete is, you know, sort of pointing out, well, wait a minute, there's always something that we can learn here about our users. And what we need to be doing um, is, is thinking below the surface a bit so that we're understanding our our customers beyond just how do they find our site or what keyword searches are, uh, are working for our website. But you know, something else that, that we can, I guess, evaluate in terms of from a marketing approach, should should we, like you said, Pete, be more engaged in Google plus, or should we be uh, Mm -hmm. doing paid search? Should we be doing, um, uh, you know, what can we understand about their level of, of, you know, technology literacy or you you do, I think, and and sometimes changes like this can force you, I think, to think a, a little differently. That's always a good thing. Um, and, and like you just pointed out, Pete, um, now we're, we're moving from one product to another and they really should both be used if you, um, I think are, are taking everything to the next level, you know, webmaster tools and analytics. Plus there are other, I mean, what I'd be curious to know is there are other analytic products out there like Site Catalyst from Omniture, and I wonder how this might be affecting them. I would imagine that it is. That's Um, right. But there are, there are other ways like Clicktail, for instance, is quite a heavy uh, analytic product and it doesn't really focus on how they got to your site but it focuses on what they do when they're on your site um so there are there are things i think that are worth sort of re-examining and re-evaluating in terms of what's of value to you um as you you know try to bring in a larger audience and meet that audience's needs
0: yeah totally i agree
1: Excellent. Thank I want you. to talk about
0: I want to talk about uh, Facebook, though. Can we talk about Facebook real quick? Oh,
1: let's talk about Facebook.
0: Wow. Well, of course, we should. Whoa. What
1: part? What? What specifically are we talking about?
0: Whoa, about Facebook? That was that was a little much for me. <laughs> I don't.
1: Sorry, what are we talking about, with Facebook, Peter?
0: She's excitable.
1: I well I feel I've been like I just drank a milkshake on Facebook for the last forever well, good then you can so, answer
0: this question for me I don't know because I, I am I am what I what I like to uh what I like to call <laughs> uh a public figure on Facebook, that's how Facebook chooses to look at me. So
1: cool! They do
0: because uh, because I have.
1: Exactly. You have a friends.
0: No, that's that's not the case. I want to know what what you think I should do. So first of all, let's talk about this new timeline thing. I know that's been it's been out in beta for developers for a while. Facebook halted the rollout because I think there's some uh, uh, copyright or trademark and or trademark dispute about their use oh, really? of timeline. Just- have you guys activated the new timeline feature no. for yourselves?
1: No.
2: No, I'm afraid to.
1: I know you can. I just haven't. I just haven't. Have you? You probably have. Of course. Of course. Well, and you're also a photographer, so you probably have a lot better pictures than I do. Well, no, it's and I'm quite. I mean, it's back interesting. i not posting pictures of myself when I am a baby. No, it's not I, I,
0: I have not done that either. And I, you know, whatever. But, but there were two. There were a couple things that all happened around the same time. And I've been struggling a little bit to pull them apart and figure out how Facebook wants me to behave, because that really is the ultimate determinant of so what are you of trying success. to pull apart? What does Facebook want me to do before all of these various changes came out? It seemed to me that Facebook wanted me, in order to have people see my public work, the you know, say the photography. They wanted me to set up a page for my photography business as Pete Wright Photo. A page. And, I, and I have that. It's a fan, it's a business page, right? It's a right. it's a page right. that for me as an artist. But not long after I set that up. So now I well, and now I have Facebook.com slash Pete Wright, that's my profile, and Facebook.com slash Wright Photo. That's the, the page. And and I mean, it, it was like a matter of weeks after that they They unlocked subscriptions mm-hmm. so that you could subscribe to, to profiles right. right to me as Pete Wright right. Which is good because that means that I can have a series of very public posts and a series of posts that can only be directed toward with your with your peeps, my peeps, right? So now I can see on my timeline I can see that I have a certain number of subscribers that are not friends of mine, but they are actual people who are following my public posts. So that's great. So now I've got a place where people can subscribe to me, and I have a public uh, fan page or an artist page where people can also subscribe by liking me. Well, right. then Facebook goes and sends me this message that says, "We, you know, we think that you should close your business page because you're a, you're what we call a public figure, mm. and it would be better for you to have one place where you can manage mm-hmm. your all of your activity on Facebook. And we're not going to give you any tools to actually make that conversion. So if you close your business page, you're going to lose all your subscribers. What I'm hearing is. If you know somebody, and I'm using air quotes liberally here, if you know somebody at Facebook, they can actually do that conversion for you and make sure that all your fans are subscribers on your profile.
1: But mm. they make that very difficult to
0: do. You can't. You can't contact That's anybody. Uh, they just say cancel it. You got to close your brand page because now you have subscribers and you should use that. Now well, I can we're going to see the rationale there.
1: But if they're not going to help you migrate. Well, that so what stinks. do you do
0: as a, as a, as a, now, obviously, if you're a brand and you have multiple people who are, who are managing, you know, your Facebook presence, you want to have a business page. Right. But where That's do you draw place. the line as someone who is writing, quote, a book, end quote, on, uh, uh, on Facebook, Megan Strand, where do you and draw that, the line?
1: Well, that, is, that is not a good question for me. But, um, yeah, I don't know. That's a hard one, Pete, because I, it, that makes sense to me. If you're a public figure and you are having people subscribe to you, I mean, I guess you could also. Can you? You can't. Can you? You can't really send a message out via no. a page to your fans. All that they I can do. Subscribe to you. So exactly. really, the the place that does this, this doesn't work is for people like you, who you are the brand. Like you, you know. Yeah. And I think yeah. there are a lot of people like me. And let I, I don't know. I mean, I I think it's maybe a slow migration, and you just try to entice people over to subscribe to you. But I mean, that makes sense to me. But it's just um, that's a lot of work.
0: Well, it's a lot of work. Luckily, I don't have very many fans because I haven't done a whole lot with the the fan page. I was, you know, I I, I sort of feel like face the Facebook bait and switch piece is well, it just well, makes that's it. The
1: th- that's the thing with Facebook is that they yeah. change things so often. It's it's so hard to keep up with it and half the time what they're changing is so fundamental that you are having to yeah. move communities which is that to me seems unfair well it's it's happened
0: twice this is it's never happened to me quite like that usually they make their change and i can see it i can see the rationale i get it
1: and get it and you know how to you know how to work there's
0: there's a sort of intuitive kind of process to it like you know when they announced fan pages i jumped in because i that made sense to me and now uh i'm trying to figure out what their next move is by some really cloudy information that they're giving out to to you know what i really
1: want to know i really want to know if they are going to change Facebook. Pages similar to what they've done with sort of public figures like you, Peter.
0: I can't um, imagine that them not. You
1: subscribe to them versus liking them. Because yeah. right now, I mean, and I know they're rolling out all these gestures where you can, you know, I'm reading, I'm listening, and I'm all this, you know, doing all these things where you can turn any verb into. Um, an online engagement, yeah. but so far they haven't well, done it. Well, no, talk,
0: wait, stop. Talk pages. about that because that's another big deal. Talk. That is ge- a huge. Talk status. about that.
1: So they have something called Facebook Gestures that they've just rolled out, um, which I don't even know if it's available widely yet. Um, I think you know what? Last I read, it was available to a small handful of sort of test brands. Well, and if you're so, a developer,
0: you can set up an app and set up your own, define your own gestures for but your can website. You, do that? You, can can you can do, do that, that right yet? now. Yeah. Okay,
1: so that's that's available now. Yeah. So essentially, what you're doing is turning any verb into a shared action. So if you want to say I'm um reading this post, you would click on read and then it shares that you know Peter Wright is reading those posts from Megan, and encouraged or what have you, um, but you can really turn any verb into a shared action. So what the the reason they've done that is because Facebook has gotten a lot of feedback from people about the like button. Okay, well you know I may want to engage with a brand page or a page, but I don't necessarily want to say I like them because that's implied endorsement. So I would be willing to say I'm listening to something on this mm-hmm. page, or I'm reading, or I'm watching, or I'm whatevering. Um, But I I don't feel as comfortable saying I like that page because then it means that I endorse them, which maybe I do and maybe I don't. Maybe I'm just trying to find out about them. So that's why they're moving away from like. So, but so many of these um, interactions are like gated that I'm just, that's why I'm so interested to see what they do with it. Well, it is. I I guess it's, it's going by the wayside, but...
0: I think so, especially since you can define your own context or construct, right? Like, for example, I just – I'm looking at my own timeline, and it, the recent activity says I like Downcast, right? Pete likes Downcast. Downcast is a, is a podcast uh, catcher for iOS, and I I use it, and that would be the new contra- construct, right? I, I don't using- necessarily like it. Yeah, I, I'm used, I but I'm a user of it. So Pete right. uses downcast might exactly. be even and it may even be a more powerful endorsement than like because it really does illustrate engagement. I think that's what Facebook's exactly. trying to do is build more powerful kind of vernacular for engaging in brands and products and exactly. photos and music.
1: Yes, it's very exciting. But it's a, it's still sort of a it's a question mark so far how it's going to completely roll out on brand pages. So, yeah, I'm, so I'm, I'm, I'm curious to know if there's a generic subscribe to a brand page is what I was saying because boy, there's subscribe one. to a personality. Yeah. Um,
0: I, it just feels like that's gotta be coming because I, you know, I don't want to, I don't like engaging by like, I, I never have. And, and when they, yeah, when they really started pushing that and pushing the like buttons onto websites that made it even more sort of distasteful.
1: Exactly. So anyway,
0: like, for example, you know, it's Spotify. you sign up for Spotify in the U.S. You can't sign up as a new user for Spotify unless you sign up through Facebook. Right. Doesn't that rub you the wrong way? Is Dane even here anymore? Is I don't know. That's opinions? what I was
1: wondering. Dane? I'm here.
2: <laughs> I've been meditating. <laughs> Something somebody said got me uh, really in a meditative state really? of mind.
0: I'm glad
2: I, <laughs> I signed up for Spotify before they had this Facebook requirement. Yeah, right?
0: Mm. I, uh, I find that I really pay my decision. 10 bucks a month. All I'm right.
2: Really, you know, I don't want a social announcement of my musical tastes.
1: I know. That's, that's, that's hard.
0: Nor do I. That's not a good thing.
1: That might scare me, Dean.
0: See, here You're I am. Lying? I am subscribed no to Dane Christensen. I also happen to be a friend, and there is a little star.
1: Dane, Dane's a public personality, too?
0: No, I'm on his his page.
1: What are you talking about? I just about? went to his
0: uh, Facebook.com slash Alta Dane. That's yeah. Dane on Facebook. And yeah. I went there, and it says and there are buttons across the top. It says friends. I am one. Subscribed. I am also subscribed. But see,
1: doesn't that, I mean, because don't you have to change your personality to a public? No, that's a different thing. Figure? No, this
0: is just, well, actually, you do. You have to turn that oh, feature no, on. I'm and confused. it looks like Dane has done that. Okay. What about see, you? I haven't have done, done that.
1: No. Do it.
0: I not oh, good. I didn't God. mean to do that.
1: Dane, oh. I didn't mean to do that. No, <laughs> listen,
0: you guys, you don't have to. <laughs> Megan, you saying you didn't?
1: Yeah. And it's.
0: I see a no. subscribe button there.
1: No, I didn't do it. Well, I, I think they just turned that
0: on. And, oh, and
1: see, I think I think you're automatically subscribed, because I'm friends with Dane, and I subscribe to him, and I never subscribe. I never subscribe to Dane Christensen, I swear.
0: No, but no. you're, but you, but I, I can you're subscribe automatically to you. you did it. What I need to do is figure out, is there somebody that I don't know that I can subscribe to who wouldn't have turned this on? Mm-hmm. Uh, how about this person? I'm just clicking on people from your, no, I see, friends. you're right, yeah, no, I can't. I don't know that person, and I can't subscribe to her.
1: No, you can't. You have to add them as a friend.
0: All right. The last thing we need to talk about is uh, The Walking Dead. Are you guys watching it? No. Dane, tell me you're watching The Walking Dead.
1: Dane's gone again. Dane? Dane?
0: Seriously? (laughs) What's the opposite of The Walking Dead? (laughs) He's gone. He's gone. He seriously disappeared. All right.
1: Well, Dane. You should watch the show, well, Megan. Actual. It's
0: incredibly
1: uh I've heard you talk about awesome. it. It does not compel me nearly as much as the Steve Jobs book, but
0: you know, oh here's an interesting <laughs> too oh, it looks okay. like Sony Pictures uh is trying to get uh what's his name? Um you know, you know social network guy. Uh scre- screenwriter. No, the screenwriter.
1: Oh, oh oh I don't know who the screenwriter oh, was. Oh come on. He was he did you West Wing
0: like- uh, what's his name? Dane knows this right off the top You're of his sure, head. Okay?
1: Sorkin, they're Sorkin. trying to get Sorkin, Sorkin. to
0: write Sorkin. the script for <laughs> Steve Jobs, the Steve Jobs movie. Can you not hear Oh, me? now well, I can, can hear, hear you. you now. now you're back. Yeah, good. So, night. That was Aaron,
2: it's Aaron Sorkin.
0: Aaron Sorkin to yelling write the uh, over here. Aaron Sorkin. I know you were. I knew you were. I was like, I could feel your hair on fire.
2: Ah, <laughs> oh, technology. It's fantastic.
0: All right. Well, you should all. Dane, what are you? You didn't say uh, Walking Dead. Do you? Are you watching Walking Dead?
2: Oh, I had the uh I, I watched a couple episodes last year or last season and loved it, and so oh. I have them recorded. I haven't watched the season yet though. Watched like ten minutes of it and it was pretty compelling, but my wife was so listened to it. So Good.
0: Yeah, it looks great. Is it good, Peter? Oh, Do you so like it, Peter? Good. It's the best show on TV. Best show on TV. Stop. Full stop. You you that, on TV. full stop. It's not the best show. Full often a show on TV. I don't even know what that is. That's how much that this that doesn't matter to me. Um, I've never Fourth even heard of it. Best. Well, what is best. that? Some other, it's, it's probably it? on CBS. What You're is it called? You're watching a lot of CBS. No, oh, it's,
2: uh, it's uh, Ted Danson and Zach Galifianakis. And I Jason, do like
0: the Ted Danson.
2: Is it Schwartz or Schwartzman? I don't know.
0: Jason Schwartzman, he's fantastic. He does the uh, the New Yorker magazine promo.
2: It's, it, it, it's truly the best thing on TV. All
0: right, I'll give that a okay. shot. I'll give that a shot. If you, do. you catch up on Walking Dead, because we're going to need to talk about the boys going back to high school.
1: <laughs> All right.
0: How you doing, Megan?
1: I can't talk about TV.
0: Oh, Megan.
1: I gave it up for Lent a long time ago, and I just never picked it up again.
0: That's not the point of... Quitting is not the point of Lent.
1: It's also not true. It's a complete fabrication. I just made that up.
0: Oh, crying out
1: loud. Anyway. Well, this has been a great conversation, boys. All right. I would love to talk to you again, just not about television.
0: Let's do it. Let's do it it next week. What do you say?
1: Let's do it
2: again.
0: All right. Uh, new, new website, if you go to uh, nakedmarketers.com, it'll eventually point to the new website, which is going to be in a different <laughs> place, so uh, go there. For now, uh, if you're hearing this, that means you're still a subscriber, so congratulations. Find or us in... Very, very I, I hope you find us in iTunes until the website comes back. This this show is being screamed into the vast, dark canyon for a, another week. Excellent. All right. Good talking it's to kind you guys. Of it. It's like Good a talk.
2: euphemism for my life.
0: Man, I'm going to think about that all week.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: all right. All right, people. Good talk. Have a great week. You too. Good talk. Be well.
1: Bye, boys. <laughs>